I needed to work out every single day because I felt so out of control in my life. And so I controlled my life through food, through working out, through making my bed. But it wasn't until I started working on healing these patterns that I was able to slow down, let it go. Welcome back to the North Star Podcast. I cannot wait to share with you guys today's guest. Her name is Nikki Bostwick. Nikki is the founder of The Fullest, which is both, well, I first discovered them as the beautiful media source that they are, but they have since expanded since I discovered them a few years ago, and they now have beautiful wellness products that are good for so many things, including heightening your intuition. And so I'll let Nikki share about that at the end of the podcast as she does. Um, But I have to share my little journey into discovering them. I, you know, I was, I honestly think they're like my gateway to YouTube. Like I truly never used to go on YouTube. I didn't, I, being such a highly visual person, I actually cannot watch something um, that, you know, doesn't feed my 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 eyes like it's um yeah that's just true so however that sounds to you is how it sounds but I'd rather just listen to a podcast you know if the visual is not going to be great I just feel like I'm not gaining anything for it and I again I just I really value what I ingest through my eyes I'd rather be yeah listening to an audio and looking out my window and observing like the beautiful nature or observing you know architecture as I walk than just watching something that purely doesn't yeah nourish nourish my my visual senses so when I somehow came upon and I wish I could recall exactly how but when I did come upon the fullest YouTube channel I was shocked because it was this like high quality production I mean not like super high quality to the point where you feel like you're watching you know a movie but it's it's just so beautifully filmed in Nikki's beautiful like studio there and it's just so appealing it's very aesthetic and then they talk about all these things that I find so deeply fascinating all these different different wellness topics that Nikki uh, chats about with her guests on the show so any case I was just absolutely taken by the fullest and I just gobbled it up and I've adored it. They haven't filmed YouTube videos in a while with COVID and whatnot, but Nikki also has a baby right now. So completely understandable, but I sure cannot wait until fingers crossed they get back to it. Um, But in any case, that was really just my opening to Nikki's work. And I've since listened to her on her podcast and followed them on Instagram, like the fullest on Instagram, Nikki is an individual on Instagram. I just think she's such a light. And honestly, that's why like all of this background, you know, being said, it's, I was so warmed when I got a chance to really chat with her. At first I was like, you know, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm such a fangirl. But you know, right when we started talking, like any kind of like weird fangirl (laughs) energy just melted because Nikki's just so warm and relatable. Like I honestly feel like that was one of my absolute favorite interviews because it just did not feel like an interview whatsoever. It was so conversational and conversational, like to the point where I truly felt like I could have asked her, like I actually did. I had probably given that this is probably like an hour and a half, I probably had four and a half hours of, you know, like that's how long we could have gone on for because I still had like 66% of my questions. (laughs) So anyway, maybe you'll have to have her back on to just chat about all the other things I wanted to chat with her about. But yeah, just to give you guys a little bit of a preview, if you will, we talked about so much from the chaotic upbringing that Nikki had to disordered eating to finding yoga as she did and we talk so much about relationships and I just absolutely adored that because well Nikki has been with her husband since she was 16 if you can imagine so I asked her about you know, not losing yourself in a relationship and how to grow with your partner and she had such incredible words for us with respect to that and um yeah I just I I truly on that topic alone we could have talked for so long because yeah I just think I mean it's all part and parcel with her story 
like when I said, when I spoke to her chaotic upbringing, that was with respect to her parents' marriage. And I just find these topics so applicable to myself and you guys, because I know that for the most part, we are in our mid to late 20s to early 30s. And this is the phase in life, at least I can say that having spoken with a few of you, and then also just being in my offline everyday life with my girlfriends and stuff, like this is the phase in life in which we're starting families. And, um, and you know, if we're not quite there, then we're, you know, sorting out or maybe looking or just being more conscious of like who you know the partner that we have if if our intention is marriage right it's obviously not for everyone but it is for many people and and I just think it's really important to understand how to have a healthy relationship how to nourish your relationship and what I love about what Nikki shares is that necessitates nourishing um, essentially your relationship with yourself and anyway you guys know that this is a very important topic to me that's why I also just recently had also the uh, Dr. Julie Nelson on the podcast and we talked about advice for healthy relationships because again it's so crucial and again you'll hear this echoed throughout Nikki's story because what really affected her was a difficult her parents difficult relationships and I just feel like it's so not talked about enough that like really when our parents or let's or just like when we are consistently surrounded by people who do not have a good relationship it really impacts us especially if that is the case when we're young I just don't I I feel like so often we're talking about like our relationships with other people and not so much like others relationships with themselves that are in our vicinity because it all seeps in and so while so many of us now are like entering this new phase of uh settling down and and creating families, I just, I think it's so important to really consider how you are in communion with your partner. Because in the end, if you do decide to have children, even if you don't, if you have close friends and all this, it's like, you really, not only for yourself and your partner, and of course, that's massively crucial, but for those around you, you affect them. And so it's really important for for everyone really involved in your lives that you nourish your relationships. And again, that includes nourishing, honestly, fundamentally, it includes nourishing your relationship with yourself. So anyway, we get into this in the episode, so I don't really need to continue to go on about it. But I just can't wait. This is truly, truly, truly one of my favorite episodes to record. And um, yeah, we talk about so much more. I honestly feel like I should just let you guys dive right in. I just cannot say how much I resonated with Nikki, how grateful I am to have had her on. Oh, and the last thing, you guys, due to the fact that we kept getting disconnected, Mercury was in retrograde while we were recording, which we realized after the third disconnection on Zoom. So that made sense. However, due to that, we lost a little bit of time. And so the very end when I usually ask people where they can share about themselves and where they can be found online and all that we just didn't get to it so apologies for any abrupt endings or transitions in this episode and then apologies for that so I'm just going to share it here if you want to find Nikki online you can find her on Instagram at Nikki Bostwick or on Instagram as well under the fullest at the fullest co. You can also go to the fullest.com to find her products, to read their articles, to listen to their podcast. And I, and yeah, and also find them on YouTube because again, that was my favorite for sure. But okay, guys, I could just go on and on. This episode's already long, so I'm going to leave you guys here. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having this conversation with the wonderful one and only Nikki Bostwick. I'm Nikki. I'm the founder of The Fullest. I am a mom of two. I am um, Iranian. That's a big part of my identity in a way, um, just because I grew up really close with my family, my extended family. Mm -hmm. 
and my grandparents helped raise me and I have lots of aunts and uncles and so many cousins I can't even count all of them and so we all really grew up together and it, I was kind of the baby of the family and that was really fun mm -hmm. and I think it gave me a sense of um, optimism I would say in the world because my family came from Iran and they immigrated here and they had a lot that they went through a lot of hardship and some left um, knowing that they can never go back mm -hmm. others left you know willingly to be with the rest of them and and my mom like her father was executed when she was 12 so she it's just been like a lot of trauma and yeah. if you meet oh, I don't know if you know any other Iranians but the there's this sense of I always feel this sense of like um nostalgia for the past from them and this like idea of this bright future and hope and they work really hard and but I would say that a lot of times most of the people that I know that it were affected mm -hmm. um they kind of just like shove it under the rug and keep going you know and no one I I I actually am really excited because my mom recently started really uncovering a lot of her childhood trauma. So I think that's all really interesting and shapes who I am. And the reason I bring it up is because yeah. I'm really passionate about ancestral healing. Um, the more I got into wellness, I got into it with food and just like eating cleaner, which opened up my mind more. And then I really started becoming passionate about that aspect of like healing generations of trauma whether it's um from the past and like stopping the cycle moving forward mm -hmm. and so i would say that's um part of who i am with especially with sharing about you know information on the fullest with all sorts of things you know like i mentioned from the food you eat to the healing modalities that you're interested in i think um it all seeps into your the decisions you make on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. with your family and friends. And I really believe that the more support we get when we're younger or the more aware we are of how these decisions affect our future, then um, the more prepared we are to kind of have the life that we want to build. And I, I think a lot of times our people are in circumstances where they can't focus on that. And I would say, for example, my family, they came here under specific circumstances where they had to leave where they were because of specific reasons. So they didn't have necessary the, necessarily the luxury of like focusing on these things, right? And yeah. so as a first generation here, that has a lot of support, mm -hmm. that grew up in a privileged situation. Um, just being born here, obviously you're more privileged, but so many things. Um, I felt like it was my duty to do this and that it's part of my like life and what I want to offer my own children and and the world so I always had this sense of like I want to help people mm -hmm. um that I realized that I wanted to really help myself first yeah. and needed to help myself and have like all these weird you know whatever things like neurotic issues cleared mm -hmm. up before mm -hmm. then I can go on like and share that with others wow That's <laughs> that's beautiful I love that and I'm so curious like when you began on this journey to you said it started with food like what actually was the catalyst with you there like what was your life or how did it look at that point in time and yeah I guess um so when I was really little it I started with food and yoga, but when I was really, really little, it's, um, I had a chicken and my pet chicken, like just made me realize that I was eating chicken, uh, and during my meals. And I, when I put those two together, I just could not handle it, the suffering. Mm -hmm. And obviously I've come a long way and I'm not vegan or vegetarian or raw anymore or anything like that. But I think the reason it hit me in a specific way was because I was personally suffering in the, my family dynamic mm. when I was like five, but I, my parents, even though I have like a very close relationship with my family, like my immediate family, there was a lot of like trauma and chaos that was happening. Mm. 
And so, and my parents didn't get along and all this stuff. So I got a, the brunt of it from my sister. And so I like identified with suffer, suffering, right? So I, I was just like, oh my gosh, what are we doing here? Why would we do that to another sentient being, right? So mm-hmm. um, it was like six years of me wondering like why we have to eat this way. And my parents, you know, didn't even tell me that there was such a thing as not eating meat or anything like that so then when I went to school that's how I learned um like one day in middle school I realized that you can be vegetarian so that slowly like became part of my identity but like naturally it was something that my body just like gravitated towards I continue to just prefer that way of eating um and I also think it probably has to do with the sourcing that we made, did as a family. And I energetically could probably mm-hmm. feel that mm-hmm. these animals were suffering. And so that kind of opened my mind to it. And, but then I got like into yoga at the same time. And yoga is really what helped me so much mm-hmm. with a lot of the trauma I was going through. And I was bulimic. And so it was just kind of like, I'm into eating a specific way, but I didn't understand, you know, what that was or that things were organic. And, and then once I, um, real, like started reading up about plant-based foods, that's when like everything changed for me because it all just kind of clicked. But I was like, definitely one of those vegans that was like, you are, I mean, I wasn't like going out and protesting, but I definitely felt like, people sucked if they ate me, you know, <laughs> a little moralistic. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that's kind of what got me into David Wolf. And so I went to culinary mm-hmm. school for plant-based food, like did that all. But then one of my favorite, um, people, I don't know if you know about cafe gratitude. Yeah. So the founders of cafe gratitude officiated my husband and I's wedding and previous to that experience, like um, before that I went to their farms cause they mm. bought a farm and it was really amazing to experience the farm. Wow. And this was like before everyone found out that they ate meat. So like we were on this farm tour and Matthew, one of the founders was like, so we eat meat. Like I was vegetarian for 40 years and I started this farm. And then one of our cows, you know, we had to put them down and, um, I chose, to like, you know, instead of like letting her body go to, go to waste, like we chose to use it mm-hmm. and to not let her sacrifice go to waste. And like all the stuff, and he was explaining how we're a death denying society. And that really stuck with me mm-hmm. and made me think about why I didn't want to eat meat in the first place, which wow. is like, I identified with that suffering. Yeah. And then like, and then also my doctor at the same time was like, you need meat, you're O positive blood type. Like, what are you doing? You know, so many uh, things yeah. were but um, I think for me, the food was important for me to like explore and experience because I think you, when you go to that depth and like you start to realize just more about our food system and how um, hor- horrible it is, right? And like, I, for me, I needed to go to that extreme to get mm-hmm. down to the basics and then start to like bring back in, you know, eggs and raw cheeses and fats. And I mean, I had no cholesterol at all. And my hormones weren't able to properly work because of it. So then I didn't have a period. Mm -hmm. So then my thyroid was shot. I mean, there were so many things happening Mm -hmm. because I really just needed like animal fat, you know, and protein. Um, so I wasn't able to think clearly and then I was getting depressed. Mm. Um, so I think food definitely plays a big role in our lives. And again, like seeps into relationship and seeps into um, how we view ourselves. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I also think nature gives us like everything yeah. that we need. And um, I think we just kind of have to open our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There was so much that you said there that was just so poignant. I'm honestly like the thing that's coming to mind right away is that 
that switch that you had. So you're at this farm and you're learning about this and you're like, okay, was it really then that you were like, I'm going to eat meat? Like, did you have any like morality battle within your mind or how did that open? Well, yeah. So I was like around that time, my doctor was trying to get me to eat, you know? So it was just kind of starting to happen where at all angles, Mm -hmm. I knew this is what I needed to do. And I was kind of like fighting it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't want to do it. And it was a big part of my identity. Yeah. Like being vegan was. Um, so then I was like, okay, I know the benefits of broth. Mm-hmm. I'll have bone broth. That's how I started. Okay. And then, um, I mean, to this day, I don't eat meat unless like my dad makes me kebab. Like uh. I don't like it. Yeah. I prefer not to. I'll have broth and soup, you know, but I... Yeah. Like I try and make sure I know the exact source or a company I trust. So I'll buy the meat. Mm -hmm. And then I love it because my dad makes me a dish that's part of my culture that really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, um, to me, like, I don't know if I'll, when, I mean, I never like want to think about it, but obviously my dad's going to pass away one day and I don't want to eat me I'll probably be like who's gonna make me like my husband needs to take the reins um, I'll probably not eat it like that's just to the extent of um where I went like I've never had a steak in my life mm. it, it never resonated with me and so I never ate it right. um but yeah but I so I think the switch was I know that I need to do this and mm. I'm here to hear about this yeah for a reason and it, it goes beyond me eating meat like I think I needed to e- use it medicinally in my life and I believe yeah. that that's how like it's sustainable to mm-hmm. do yeah. but um I also felt like I needed to hear it to not be judgmental to understand other perspectives not just in the food world but in every um mm-hmm. conversation I even like you know, I have very specific points of view on stuff. Like, I don't really know if you want to get into it, but I do feel like it's so nice to know that I've changed my mind so many times Mm. that I understand why someone feels the way they do. And I think that they should feel like they should, you know, be able to have that perspective and everyone should have. 100%. I mean, I think it's, it's crazy to, to pigeonhole anyone and especially yourself I mean I've certainly done that in my life and you start to feel this like incongruency after a little while and then you're like wait why am I doing this and and then it just everything falls apart because it doesn't actually really make sense to try to live that way yeah wow so you must have felt like if you were needing this nutritionally in your body, you must have felt like you like came to life in a way when you started to incorporate this like medicinal. Yeah. Um, I will say like it completely changed my life because I was also afraid of rice and like sugar Um, and from bananas. Like I was just so nutritionally like depleted Mm. And it was also like, I used to be like, oh, you know, people who are nutritionally depleted when they're vegan are not doing it right. Like I had that perspective, right? But um, for me, I mentally depleted my nutrition levels as well. You know, like it was a lot. It wasn't just like, yeah, it was, you know, the way I was eating or whatever by not getting animal fats and by staying away from sugar and being plant-based, it was, or staying away from fruits and being plant-based, like what else do you really eat? Um, But it was also this idea of like just rigidity that I carried on Mm -hmm. to like everything I did. I mean, I literally like, I was also addicted to working out. I was just like addicted to everything. I don't know what my, Oh, I've been there. Yeah. It's, it's, It's like a, I kind of feel it's a person, it's kind of a personality type in certain ways. Like some people are more prone to it, right? It was definitely my personality. It was like, okay, so talk about like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't believe 
I can believe that that was me, but I also am like, I can't believe how much my life has changed. Yeah. I used to like to the point where if my bed wasn't made, I would think about it all day. And oh. then it cut back. And like my husband and I've been together forever, like since high school. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we went to college together. So most of the time we, we've like slept in the same bed forever. We, even when we didn't live together, we'd stay at each other's houses. So yeah. like I'm talking about being neurotic about my husband sleeping in after me and ha knowing that he didn't make the bed and mm -hmm. like I needed to go home to make the bed and <laughs> it was not this like um AD or not ADD it wasn't like about what's OCD OCD it was yeah. an OCD thing it was a my life is out of control this is the only way I can like yeah. manage to be in control sort mm -hmm. of thing mm -hmm. I took it out on like that I would like make my bed. Um, I would think about the fact that my bed wasn't made if it wasn't made. And then I would like be addicted to working out. So mm -hmm. what would happen was my husband and I travel a lot and we've always, ever since I've met him, like, I don't know why, but our life has been this way where we literally are constantly traveling, even <laughs> when we don't want to, because his mom and his parents are divorced and my parents are divorced. So like already there's like four different families that yeah. we're constantly yeah. trying to navigate. And then now we have our own. And anyways, like, and then we were out of state for college. So we'd come back. So we were constantly always traveling and I needed to work out every single day. Oh, yeah. I had to run every single day. So my husband would be like, I like, I don't want to be near you until you finish your run. Like you'd be like afraid of me not being able to work out on vacation because I needed to have a gym mm -hmm. everywhere at all times. I think it was because my body craved those endorphins mm -hmm. so badly. It's like when I look back, I don't know if it was necessarily like a body image thing because mm -hmm. I've had that too, but mm -hmm. it was like, I needed that high. Um, because I felt so out of control in my life. And so I controlled my life through food, through working out, right. through making my bed. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I started working on ancestral healing yeah. and healing these patterns that I was able to slow down, let it go. I had kids and now like, I mean, I just don't even think about it. Wow. You know, wow. that's yeah. That's the way I don't know if you can hear her. Sorry. No, it's okay. I, it's, 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 right. yeah, is it okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I love that you, I mean, of course you, given everything that you're doing now, of course you did come to that understanding, but I think it's so, it's such like a, a light bulb moment because in the, in the thick of it, and I've been there with basically all of those things really. And it's like, you just, there's just not that perspective when you're really in it. You're just kind of like, uh, no, like I have this tick almost and I need to do it, but there's really something bigger. And the control that you were seeking, was that with respect to like the sort of chaotic that you mentioned up upbringing that kind of made you feel it? Yeah, yeah. It was always that. Um, my parents just finalized their divorce last mm -hmm. June. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it was going on since I was like seven. They want, they told me they were going to get a divorce and then they were on and on, on and off, on and off. And then like when I was 16, when I met my husband, actually, um, when we were dating, they like separated not that long after. Okay. And then it was like 15 years of them battling. Wow. And so I had to learn to disassociate and that their trauma is not my trauma and because they were constantly battling, but because I was so close with them, mm -hmm. like it almost would have been easier if I was like, fuck them, they suck, I'm out. Yeah. You know, and I kind of did that because I went to Oregon, mm -hmm. but I also was like, they are the most loving parents and they absolutely love and adore mm -hmm. my sister and I. Mm -hmm. so I always felt that love from them. So it wasn't like, I was abused, you know, and it was just like weird. Cause I was like, I'm very much connected with them, but I also just like need to separate completely. Mm -hmm. And I think you just kind of go through that at that age anyways. It was just like more intense for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how I handled it because I was close with them. So I'd hear about it. Yeah. I would hear about it from their conversations mm -hmm. and it didn't matter where I lived. It followed me, you know? Yeah. So I would 
do that in my personal life to feel like I am controlling myself in my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's interesting how people go through this experience when they're going through a divorce or when they're unhappy in relationship, when they're um, unhappy in a job, mm-hmm. when you are not sure about who you are, which many of us go through. Mm-hmm. I think like, you know, in your twenties or like when you just graduated college or whatever, figuring out what your career is, I think you just yeah. kind of all go through that. Twenties are hard. Oof. Your twenties are definitely hard. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, you know, when you came to yoga, cause you said that that was like pretty pivotal for you and and everything that unfolded, were you already like cognizant of what had, uh, you know, what was at the core of like the pain for you at that point or? I think I always knew that um, I had this like pain from their relationship Mm -hmm. because I, otherwise I didn't have like anything else in my life to really stress about you know I was like pretty much taken care of but this like issue was really big Mm -hmm. and shaped who I am and so I think for me I tried like I drank a lot um I tried different drugs I was just like kind of trying to get out and do my own thing and in that I tried different things but then I got in trouble um from my parents because they were like you're you know not with the, they somehow in the midst of all their chaos, like we're still able to be like, okay, my daughter's not going to school and my daughter's not doing well. So they, they did their part in like reeling me in a little bit. And, um, so I was like grounded mm-hmm. actually one day and I woke up at five in the morning and like, I kid you not, it was just like this intuitive thing. I'd heard about the word yoga mm-hmm. maybe twice. Mm-hmm. And I heard that there was this studio in our small town in Laguna Beach that opened and they were doing hot yoga. Mm-hmm. So it was Bikram actually. Mm-hmm. But at the time I just had no idea about anything. I just woke up and went to my mom, woke her up and I was like, there's a yoga class at 6am and I want you to take wow. me there. And I literally had no idea what I was doing. It was almost like being like a zombie that just like wakes up and like, gets this intuitive hit of like where to go. I don't know what it was. So I just yeah. had her draw. She's like, um, okay. She signs off that I can go in this class. Mm-hmm. I go in and I literally did it every single day for two weeks. And then I signed up to do it twice a day. Like they had these challenges and it completely changed my life in the sense of like having this mentor, this teacher Really, I mean, it was like tragic because then he passed away in a tragic car accident. So it was like oh, really weird. Yeah. Um, at right when I stopped going there, when I went away to college, like he passed wow. away. Wow. Weird. But um, he would say that you know they like you're in a vulnerable space, and then you hear this teacher, you know, whatever they're saying is like seeping into your mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm 16. I'm really, um, I don't know what the word is like malleable, you know, I'm really like easily convinced of whatever. Right. I mean, I did like drugs so (laughs) of whatever. And, um, and so he like says that, or he says something one time, he's like, you know, I've heard of people taking Advil when they're in pain from a workout. He's like, how does that make any sense? I'll never forget him walking around the class saying that. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like people take Advil when they're sore just from a workout. Like we don't even need it. What it doesn't mm. make any sense. That's what like started reframing pharmaceuticals. Wow. Started reframing everything. Um, started making me realize people operate in weird ways. You know, obviously I was still operating in my weird ways, controlling things, whatever later mm-hmm. on. But I, w- that's the light bulb that went off that made me realize people are different. We all make different decisions and like, you know, I don't have to do what other people do. Whereas I think I always wanted to fit in. I had this Mm -hmm. sense of wanting to fit in because um, I looked different. Mm -hmm. I spoke a different language until I was five. So when I went to preschool, I didn't, I couldn't communicate. Mm -hmm. I always felt like I wanted to fit in Mm -hmm. and I had this sense of belonging 
and it was that moment when um, I realized like it gave me the sense of empowerment to just be who I am um, who cares what other people think wow. do what you want like yoga is really what taught me all of that and my dad operates that way for sure mm-hmm. but um, you know I was just like a 16 year old girl I wasn't trying to be like my dad yeah but I definitely took what this guy said in class to like um you know I took it on to go on to live that way for the rest of my life and I met my husband literally like nine months later wow and then we've been together ever since like I feel like those moments or those like teachings you know really (laughs) set me up for making special like specific decisions in my life sure Wow, that's so beautiful. That I mean, what what a sacred meeting to of your husband, like so closely after. It sounds like kind of coming home to yourself after that disassociation, kind of that you talked about, and like letting yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, I know. My, I was, I'm really lucky to have met him because he was like my rock during this mm-hmm. whole. You know, we kind of, and he went through the same thing too. Wow. He's, parents went through a crazy divorce. He had just basically finished going through his parents' divorce when we met. It was like, so we've both kind of spent like 30 years in chaos. And like, now we have our own family. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, it's also, that's also so beautiful, because he's almost like, what a perfect um, guide in a way, if he'd just been through it to sort of hold your hand probably physically like physically and also metaphorically yeah. through the process. Yeah. 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 It was really interesting. But I, I think, you know, I, I always find that so interesting. I'm so grateful and I'm like so happy about it. But I, when I think about other people, I'm like, life just works out that way mm. where you, when you meet like your soulmate or who you're supposed to be with, um, yeah. I, it's like, I don't know, just funny little things like that. It makes sense, right? Yeah. That we choose people who have, who mirror that or have gone through that or whatever, whether it's a healthy or unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's incredible, like to, well, hopefully it's healthy. But you have to take, a, you have to like be accountable for your actions. You have to know that you, you know, I think you yeah. will have to work through all that too. You have to That's be true. willing to grow. That's true. Yeah. When you guys, well, since you were so young and granted you, you just said like, you've obviously grown so much since that point in time, you must've yeah. had to kind of grow, I'm sure individually together, but then also together together, if that makes sense, like as individuals and then as a couple. Yeah. No, I always used to say that. Actually. Yeah. 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 How did like, because I actually think that that's something that a lot of people could use your insight on because I, and again, it's so rare, especially at such a young age to be able to do this because there's that, that question that comes up all the time, like, how do you not lose yourself in a relationship? And clearly, like you are, you are Nikki, you have created, like you have this beautiful career and you have grown to the depths that you have, like, how have you been able to do that having been in a relationship for like, most of your life it kind of <laughs> sounds like yeah, no I like went from one relationship in my family dynamic to like another yeah um, I think for me we had both gone through so much already like mm-hmm. as kids yeah. um that we had to disassociate from that right to find ourselves in a way we didn't know who we were I mean I was 16 he was 17 mm-hmm. but like we knew that we weren't our parents. And I think a lot of times people don't know that for a really long time. Mm. And I think people don't know, like my parents aren't perfect and I'm not my parent. Like, I think Mm. you might like think that, you know, that verbally, but to really don't know that deep down, I think is a a practice, but Mm -hmm. because of what we went through um, and he'd gone through a lot, like he kind of had to, he's his parents were separated and he would like go back and forth for a little bit between the two so I think that also like helped him find you know a sense of identity in a way or or look to finding a sense of identity for himself but what happened was um I think we felt so safe together Mm -hmm. that 
it felt like we could do whatever we wanted because we had each other, you know? So it wasn't like a codependent situation where, oh, you can't go do this because I, you know? Mm -hmm. So what happened was um, he went away to college first. Mm -hmm. And so we were like together for a year and then um, my husband went away to college. So we had to learn how to be together, but apart. Yeah. And that was actually really great. My friends were like, you are, we're so jealous. You have the best of both worlds. Like you get to hang out with us and like have all your time, but then like you still have your boyfriend mm-hmm. and it, and then I would travel to go see him cause he went first. Then I went and followed him there. Mm-hmm. It was um, a big decision for me. Cause I had to know I was going to the same school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I loved him, but also because I could be there without him if we broke up. Right. And I, I really did enjoy it there. And then, so, um, I would say also, I don't know if you've read Bruce lip, Dr. Bruce Lipton's work. Not too much. Not too much. Yeah. I I was at one of his talks a while ago and he talks about, he has a book called the honeymoon effect Mm. and he talks about how the honeymoon period lasts a maximum of three years. And by then after like at least three years, but some people like after six months or whatever, after a few days, yeah. you start to see your partner for who they are and not who you think they are. Mm. And so for us, it for sure lasted like three years. I was like enthralled in my husband and like mm. he was my everything. And then I was like, oh my gosh, he drinks so much. We smoke cigarettes. Like, I don't like any of this. And you, I, for me, I started to be like, okay, what well, if I'm with someone for three years, that means I'm going to like marry them, you know? Mm-hmm. So what type of habits do I want in my marriage? What type of things do I see in a partner who I'm going to marry? Even though we like already thought we're going to marry each other, it just became more serious. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. Like we need to be, and you're in college. Like, I mean, people were in a state school, people drink, people go out. But for me, I just didn't resonate with it. And I always, I realized I was trying to keep up in a way. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't want to drink and I actually didn't want to do any of that. And so it was hard for me because I was putting a lot of pressure on him in a time where like everyone's doing that, Yeah, you know, I'm just the one that doesn't want to. So mm-hmm. that was really interesting for our relationship. But what happened was I like then was able to be like, actually, I don't want to do this, but like he can do this mm-hmm. and I'm not cool with it but like, we're going to have to figure this out, you know? And so I went and like studied and did a yoga teacher training. Mm -hmm. Um, He was effing up in school and ended up like doing a program out in the Amazon. We stayed together like the whole time, but we like had to do different things to Mm -hmm. find ourselves. And in the meantime, we were together, but it was like really cool because in a way, and it pushed us to have to do other things so that we're not codependent but once I had my son like once after college we got married and whatever I had my son now I'm like Mm -hmm. okay I'm so dependent on my husband obviously I mean like I have two children with him we have a whole family I'm like Mm -hmm. don't leave me with the two kids please (laughs) (laughs) but um but like anyways I just think that in relationship okay so going back to Matthew and Teresi from Cafe Gratitude they have Mm -hmm. um workshops I don't know if you've heard, but they do like um, a kindred spirits workshop for relationship. And so we took that workshop before we got married. Mm. And like, I just love their philosophy. And I think everyone should do it. And I, whether you're going to be married or you're just in a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. But what I love about their philosophy about relationship is that like, it really comes down to like, when you meet the right partner, let's say mm-hmm. there are in our modern day society, we have so many options. We can just be like, no, that doesn't work out. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't like that about them. Mm-hmm. This is, you can just be nitpicky. Yeah. And like, not that you should settle, but like, I feel like people just need to make a commitment and like grow together and learn from each other. And like, not if they're being abused, not if all these things, but like, to me, I I don't know. I would say that like, even my parents, for example, they had a really intense relationship that they probably should have never been together. Mm. Um, But the reason it took so long 
in my opinion, is because they still loved each other. And um, what I was saying about Matthew and Teresa's is that they really think on some level, like that's your family and you made a commitment. And like, unless you're like legitimately being, you know, abused or cared for like in a really, you know, gnarly way or something is happening. Obviously that's different when you have um, something dangerous going on or whatever dangerous for the children and whatnot. But when you feel like, Oh, I just don't love this person anymore. Or I just want to go soul searching, or I just, I don't know why I'm not happy. Mm. Like those things, I think those feelings and your, those thoughts come and go. And I really also love like Esther Perel. Mm. Um, yeah. I just love her information so much because her whole thing is your partner can't be everything for you. Your partner can't be your best friend, your perfect lover, your like listener and the perfect partner in a um, partnership in terms of raising your children. Like you can't rely on them for everything. And it's so important to remember that and they can't make you happy. And that also has to come from within. Um, They can't be the one that brings you joy and makes you laugh every day and does this. And then also is like really seductive and then also takes care of you and goes to work and makes all the money. And like, we expect so much from our partners. And also we expect a lot from women these days too, because now that women are working, um, we're expected to take care of the children, keep the house up and now be the counterpart at work. Mm -hmm. And like, that's really hard too. And I think that in a relationship, if you, you know, sign up, in the beginning with like, this is what I, you really need to share like what you envision. Cause it, a lot of times like people don't say that. And then you have completely different visions of like how you want to live your life or in what role you really want to step into. Um, my husband is like, I, I don't know. I lucked out. He's like everything. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I will say like, I, and he's like, awesome partner with kids. And like, I feel like we're definitely 50, 50 with the kids. Like he's just as helpful as I am. But I also think that, um, you know, I'm the responsibility still lies on me as the mother, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I'm the one picking them up from school. I'm the one and I have the business and, but I like that too. And I want to be that. And so, um, that doesn't bother me, but it's up to me to find my support system. So I now have a nanny who helps me. I didn't have that for a long time. And I think that I was definitely resenting my husband with his career. Cause I would be like, well, I, my career is just as important as yours, but like you are leaving at 9am to go to work. Whereas I'm still with baby and have our toddler. Right. Yeah. Or like I'm, you know, um, just now like healing postpartum, but you're leaving like that's hard. But at the same time, like that's not necessarily what he envisioned anyways. And I didn't, I wanted on some level to be, I want to be a stay at home mom, but I also want to be a full time like boss. So how does that work? Like it is working, but it's complicated. Like I need to set up my own support system. So I'm not constantly relying on my partner to be everything for me, you know? Mm, So when you think about things that way, I, it does put a lot in perspective or like I read somewhere. Okay. So with my parents' relationship, um, my mom would always say communication is number one. Communication is number one. And I grew up really believing that. And I do still believe that communication is important, Mm -hmm. but, um, what I realized was I read an article and like someone said communication is number like one, but only after you make sure that you respect your partner. If there's no respect, you have nothing. So like, I really loved that because when I was in college, right, I was telling you I didn't want to drink. And like, so it was almost like, didn't have respect for people who chose to live that way. And my husband was one of them. Right. So I had to remember to be respectful of him and his decisions and not like forget that that's really important because if I start to respect goes away, then who cares if you have good communication, what you're talking shit to each other all the time. I don't know. Like, 
Yeah. You know, so I, I really like realized maybe that was one thing that, and my parents didn't have that at all. Mm-hmm. There was no response. So like, I am, I really think like the key is respect for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great caveat to add in there with the communication. Um, yeah. So look, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I know we haven't even really talked much about your work. Yeah. I don't know if you have space. Um, yeah even just a few minutes we can go into it yeah a little bit I'd love to share thank you yeah yeah I want to just I think I mean I mentioned to you before we were really recording that I've loved following the fullest I find the information you share so interesting and then so like you have the entertainment quality in my opinion like to like fuse it together so it's so fun to watch it's like the thing that I watched all the time when I was like eating breakfast and just like stuff like that so I yeah I really love it and I would just love to hear a little bit about you know your mission your mission really with it and like how it aligns with you and this this whole journey that we've been kind of unfolding over the past while yeah Yeah. you know I started with this idea that I I shared earlier like I'm in a privileged space of being able to work on myself to have the capacity to work on myself um and I felt that I was able to figure all this stuff out and I really understand that like wellness I think has is a part of every aspect of our lives and it's a seeps into like our relationship with our you know our significant others our friends our children the type of parent we want to be the type of boss we want to show up as and I think um what I realized was there's so much content out there in the wellness world Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is like Mm fear-based and it just really stresses me out when it's like everything's all about clickbait you know and Mm -hmm. this is a good headline and people are going to be like feeling like SHIT because they didn't do this. And so because they're not doing this wellness trend, now they're like somehow going to get sick and die. Cause really like a lot of the reason why the wellness industry is growing is because people are afraid of getting cancer and dying. So a lot of people are resorting to it either because they're already sick or they're terrified of getting sick Mm -hmm. and they want to do something about it, which I think is great. But again, like when you're coming with that fear-based mindset, like that's what we're trying to combat, you know? So with the fullest, I felt like I had this um, duty, like I said, to share what I'd learned and also um, share that like your life is your own, um, do your research, you're your own like best doctor. Don't just listen to any doctor just because they think, don't just listen to any news channel just because they tell you what to do. Mm. Don't listen to any teacher. Don't listen to anyone. Don't listen to me. Just listen to yourself and your intuition. And it all goes back to listen to your intuition. Mm. Like for me, for example, I wasn't listening to Matthew telling me to eat meat and I wasn't listening to my doctor to tell me to eat meat, but it just so happened that these things kept coming up where I knew deep down I need to eat it and I need to listen to myself and these people are speaking to me as well and I'm listening to them because like on some level I know I need to do this you know um so these are people who I love um I really look up to um and so just like with someone else their doctor their um significant other like their parents their friends like everyone who we're close with they're all gonna um you know, tell us things or be there to support us and think what they think, right? Like, and put place that on us Um, or come from their wounds, right? Where, you know, for example, I don't drink. So um, sometimes I would go out with my girlfriends and they would get upset with me for not drinking Mm. and they would feel bad about themselves for ordering alcohol and literally say like, oh, well, you're making us feel bad. And I'm like, I don't care if you drink and you shouldn't care if I drink. That's the way that it goes. And that's what I believe in. And that's what I want to share on my platform. So that's what the fullest is really all about is empowering people to listen to their intuition. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to this idea. And it kind of goes into like our product line too, because we're really passionate about, um, 
these like ancient healing rituals. Yeah. And that's what we say, like ancient healing rituals for the modern woman. We started with our saffron latte because we love to highlight botanicals that have been used for centuries in different cultures. Mm-hmm. And um, we also just believe that mental health is the foundation of wellness. So again, like I was essentially going through a mental health crisis when I was going through wanting to control things and doing all that. And it came out in different ways, but what was happening was I felt out of control and it was all happening like in my mind. Um, and you know, and so I really believe like I, you can read all you want and learn about all the wellness things and you can know that you can be your own best advocate. But like at the end of the day, if you don't feel like getting out of bed or, um, going to work, being in, a relationship, seeing that person, being in that family and having to, you know, be with people that you don't like, like you really, it's nice to have that support to kind of work through all that trauma or whatever you're going through. So I think for us, mental health is the foundation of wellness. We launched our latte because it's proven to support um, people in increasing serotonin and dopamine in the body it's non-habit forming. So that's really incredible. It's been proven to be just as effective saffron, I should say, not my product because I haven't tested that in a study, but saffron has been proven to be just as effective as the generic form of Prozac when taken at 30 milligrams a day. And that dose is like really high dose compared to like what you would get in like Persian food or Indian food or paella. You're not getting it medicinal dose so we have a medicinal dose in our latte we actually have 150 milligrams per serving which is five times the steady dose and it's like my doctor likes to say it's the ferrari of like mood supplements essentially (laughs) because you're getting like really incredible potent dose that works immediately Mm. um but we also have capsules that um have the 30 milligram dose that's made from pharmaceutical grade saffron that can have those claims be made from um, the saffron we use and that and the reason we launched the pills was because I know some people don't want to make a latte but they'll take a pill you know Mm -hmm. and we want to be able to offer people ways to incorporate these healing modalities in their life Mm -hmm. and then now um, we're really excited because we're launching that we just launched baths and bathing has been a healing and like really incredible self-care tool for Mm -hmm. centuries as well. And we have saffron baths and then we're launching yoni steaming herbs really soon and with a whole yoni kit so people can reconnect like women. I mean, actually it's technically pelvic steaming. Men can do it too, but um, women have been able to reconnect with their intuition through steaming for so long. And it's incredible because you're, bringing in the power of the plants Mm. into your body. And I just love anything nature offers us. I think nature gives us the best medicine and anything we need is going to show up um, Mm. and is right in front of us if we just like open our eyes. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that idea. And I, I just want to incorporate that in our product line as much as we can and, and really share again, like, we've evolved and we like things to be easy and user friendly so that we can do it because we're busy people. But how can we utilize these ancient tools Mm -hmm. in a modern way so that we can actually incorporate them and reconnect? Because just going back to the herbs, right? The herbs are from the earth and um, basically like we're living in these, you know, walls uh, with like concrete flooring all over the planet now we're covering the earth right and then we're on sidewalks we're not getting out unless you I mean I live near the ocean but I don't go to the water every single day unfortunately and so what I think about is okay how else can we incorporate these products into Mm -hmm. our lives right Mm -hmm. and getting a little bit from like herbs are really potent you know, it's not like eating vegetables, um, which are great and salads and whatnot. Um, you're really able to get, it's kind of like the next step to essential oils, right? Cause mm-hmm. then you're getting essential oils from them too. Mm-hmm. But when you're taking in these herbs, they have an intelligence, you know, that you take in 
and you take in all of that energy and that really helps guide you. And that's really what I believe, or even just the food, the reason why taking out the junk and only eating like the high quality stuff is important because then it helps you tap in more to your intuition. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I believe is what is going to guide you to make the best decisions down the road um, throughout your life. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I was, yeah, I was going to ask you because you did speak to intuition. It sounds like you've always had a rather strong intuition, like with the yoga, like waking up at five in the morning and just like getting the hit, like the download, like, okay, like this is what I meant to do. So if someone doesn't have that and maybe they're in that place of like, you know, over control, like you'd been in the past or uh, they don't know what to do with their life and want to, you know, have their own version of the fullest, you know, whatever that looks like for them. Would you suggest for like honing that intuition to start with these, you know, rather simple things like, yeah. Yeah. That's like exactly what I think. I think that incorporating, I mean, I don't know what got me up to go to yoga that day. I really don't. I mean, it was unbelievable what happened I, yeah. my mom still to this day is like wow that was so weird I'm <laughs> really amazed but I um I think that practicing yoga which is a yes like yoga was created for like 15 year old boys so there's a lot of poses that aren't necessarily the best for our bodies but you don't have to go into it and I mean like I've practiced yoga forever and I'm not you know, trying to be in those crazy poses, right? Mm -hmm. You can take these practices that have been done for centuries through lineages and they help you, like I said, really connect to your intuition. And then from there, you're able to figure out, does this feel right for me? Should I be starting a business like this? What kind of life do I want to create? Um, you know, if someone like really wants to start a restaurant, for example, like I don't want a restaurant because I don't want to be somewhere physically every single day and then be away from my kids. But maybe someone who that's what they're passionate about, their lifestyle is going to change or they don't mind being away from their family on weekends and nights mm -hmm. where your restaurant might be, you know, or your restaurant's only during the day from mm -hmm. nine to three and then you go home, you know, like whatever that may be, it's like all goes back to your intuition looking and like visualizing what kind of life you want to create and then working backwards mm -hmm. of like, okay, if I want that, then how am I going to get there? And then what are the steps I want to take? But if you're constantly like in it and kind of have blinders on the sides and you're only focusing on like that one thing, then, which I think is really great too. But first you kind of have to have this vision um, and then tap in or tap in to have the vision to go back and focus. But I would say if you're thinking about starting a website, um, do it, you know, it's, I don't think there are so many websites out there and I think there's always room for more or there's so many wellness products out there. But if you feel like there's something there that's missing because there is and always will be, um, you might have this, you have this unique perspective, right? On mm -hmm. the world that no one else has. Yeah. And so create anything um and that would resonate for people who might operate on the same level so anyways I guess what I'm saying is like don't just like start something just to start something like mm -hmm. do it because it feels like right in your body and mm -hmm. then like that'll always drive you to continue going because there's always going to be something that's going to be a reason for you to stop mm -hmm. um because it's always going to get hard and it'll continue to get harder as you grow because there's more to manage, but it's also like that intuition or that passion is going to drive you to want to keep going. And, mm -hmm. and like remembering that is like really exciting in my opinion. Absolutely. And yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. And I have to just ask you before we wrap, because I know we've definitely you spent some time, but, um, I just want to ask you how you would define or what it feels like for you, just like this word wellness, because it can have all these connotations. And as we talked about, it can, people can almost skew it to be like an over-restrictive lifestyle in all these ways. So what does like real wellness like look like, feel like, or how do you describe it? Yeah. So to me, 
wellness is really just going back to the basics, mm. living slow, um, taking siesta if you can, drinking water, going on a walk. Um, you know, I think that we do overcomplicate things and I do sell supplements and I have all these rituals and I want to enhance people's lives because I believe that when we take care of ourselves, then we're able to really go ahead and like live our life to the fullest. And so I want to do that in the most natural way possible. But I think the basis of wellness, like what I said, is really just about taking it slow Mm -hmm. and just like kind of, you know, shaping your lifestyle in a way where you're not constantly stressed out. And I think stress is a big part of it. I think that if we're able to, you know, just tone it down a bit and not care about running every single day and not like really, I mean, it's crazy, right? Because to someone like working out every single day is like the healthiest thing, right? But if it's stressing you out, is that really healthy? Mm. Absolutely not. It's Mm -hmm. like the opposite. It's literally doing the opposite. I've never been sicker, right? Mm. So I think wellness is about our mindset and about our lifestyle and really just taking it back to the basics, toning it down and remembering to just like connect. Thank you so much for joining us on the North Star podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at Mac Castro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls, carry out our calling, and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us and I'll see you next time.